know what you're saying. Where have you been? Where have you been? We've been waiting for the podcast. Well, I was doing a lot of different things at the same time. I just needed to take a little break from the podcast, step back for a second to catch up on some other things, uh, come back with a sort of refreshed, rejuvenated approach. And I'm back and glad to be. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the NPO Podcast, National Preview Online. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of three easy ways. Go to either the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store, depending which device you use, and simply search for the NPO Podcast, and you're done. Just click subscribe. And the alternative, if you prefer to use a third-party podcast aggregator app rather than your native podcast app, uh, simply go to either of those two app stores and search out the Podbean app. That is our hosting service. Download their free app, search out the MPO podcast, and once again, click subscribe. Whichever way you choose to subscribe to the show, the most important thing is that you are subscribed and you will be notified of new episodes as they're uploaded. You can leave comments and reviews, and we very much would like both of those from you because the more reviews and comments we get, particularly those of a positive nature, the faster the show will grow, the faster we can expand our offerings, come to you more frequently with fewer absences and uh, a greater breadth of offerings. So, a few things going on today. Uh, the song remains the same, regardless of the, whether or not the singers are changing, as they say. Uh, you know, even if I've stayed away from this, the same issues of the day seem to be uh, coming up to the top. Voter fraud is still an issue. We have audits going on in Arizona. We have things taking place in Georgia in that regard. We have the May, the governor of Pennsylvania vetoing a very, very important uh, legislative initiative passed by the Pennsylvania State Legislature. We have all of that going on and more. Uh, and then we have traitorous Republicans like House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy supporting the Steny Hoyer resolution to remove statues of Confederate-era Democrats from Washington, D.C. And we're going to get into all of that. Uh, but let's hit that one first, because it's one of the least important ones, so let's get it out of the way. Uh, maybe we'll close the show with that instead. Let's do that. It doesn't that, it's terrible, it's contemptible, we'll leave off with that. Let's get back into some other uh, things going on here. Now, in Pennsylvania, the legislature, which is very Republican, <clears throat> decided that they wanted to do something to ensure the integrity of the election process. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's their responsibility to ensure the integrity of the election process, particularly in light of all the chicanery that took place in the 2020 presidential election. And so the legislature passed a measure known as the Voting Rights Act, uh, actually the Voting Rights Protection Act. It was passed in the Republican-controlled Senate by a vote of 29 to 21, which is a convincing majority, but it falls short of the two-thirds majority that would be needed to override a veto by Governor Tom Wolf. When Tom Wolf heard the bill was afoot, he threatened to veto it if it passed, and he has done so. He vetoed the bill, 
And the bill would have expanded voter identification requirements. It would move up the voter registration deadline. It would limit the use of drop boxes and allow county officials to conduct early pre-canvassing for mail-in ballots, among other measures. In explaining why he vetoed the bill, the governor said that he made it clear he wouldn't sign a bill that creates barriers to voting, and that's exactly what this bill does by, quote, limiting mail-in ballots, capping early voting, and cutting voter registration time. Well, actually, no, Governor Wolf. Uh, It actually expands the amount of early voting that goes on. Uh, And I must point out that this early voting, these mail-in ballots, these drop boxes, these no voter ID requirement rules and laws that have been passed, these things have been for the purpose of nothing more than to erode the integrity of an election and to erode the validity and integrity of your vote by diluting them with questionable votes. This is not something, these bills that, uh, that were passed, these, these rules that were made, these were not things designed to increase voter participation or uh, remove suppression of minority rights. These were measures designed to uh, make it easier to steal elections, as we saw. The only way you can have a fair an unbiased election is by having everyone vote on the same day. Now, if you cannot vote on a given day because you're out of town or you have residences in multiple states and you're going to be in Florida or let's say the reverse, most people who are snowbirds here in New York, they stay in New York through the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays and they go down uh, right after New Year. So let's say you're a Floridian. Your primary residence is Florida. I think I discussed this on a previous show. But you also have a residence in New York. uh, And you're voting in Florida. But you're not going to be there in November because it's holiday and you're going to be up in New York throughout November and Thanksgiving and so forth. And so you request an absentee ballot. You have a legitimate reason. And that's a legitimate ballot requested by a real person who's living, exists, and is on the voter registration rolls. That's a far cry from the mail-in ballots, which was a product of us mailing out ballots to every person on the voter roll, when you know those voter rolls were inherently inaccurate, filled with dead people, filled with people who no longer live in the state and have moved. These voting uh, rolls have not been purged in some states, in the cases uh, you can look at, in decades. I remember voting as a young man. New York State used to have something on the order of 38 electoral votes because the number of electoral votes that you have is a function of how many senators, everyone has two, and congressional representatives you have. And your congressional representatives is a function of what the population is in your state as a result of the census. The population of New York is steadily declining. We had 29 votes. I think the last election, we're going down to 27. We're going to lose two seats in the House as a result of the census. Now, why do you think that is? Because people are leaving New York. Now, it stands to reason if people have left New York, there are many people on our current voter rolls who either are dead or no longer live here. But they all voted, I'm sure in the last presidential election. And some of them probably even voted in the New York City primary recently. We'll have more to that a little bit later. But back to this 
Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. These are the reasons why you need these laws. If you have everyone voting on one day, except for those people who absolutely cannot make it to the polls, either because they're not located in the state at the time of the election, like I just explained, or they are medically handicapped and physically cannot get to a poll, no problem. You request the ballot. The state sends you the ballot. You mail in the ballot and you're done. I have no problem with that. But this is the only way you can assure or make it more sure that people aren't voting twice. Uh, If people are trying to vote twice on Election Day, they're going to have to run around to various polls. I don't know how easy it's going to be to do that logistically in in large measures. But if you're having uh, voting on multiple days, uh, it's not too hard to game the system and try and vote multiple times with multiple registrations. So this was a a very, very well thought out bill. It wasn't suppressing anyone's rights. It was just the only thing it was suppressing were the Democrats' ability to steal elections and engage in chicanery. The only people who are looking to steal voter rights when they vote down legislation like this is the Democrat Communist Party of the United States because they want to dilute Republican votes working class votes, legitimate people's votes. And the funny thing about it is, well, actually, it's not funny. They want you to believe that this is some sort of fringe effort. But apparently, 74% of Pennsylvanians uh, surveyed, Pennsylvania voters, said they support voter ID requirements and that they are a common sense first step to protecting elections. And this was one of several efforts, this bill, by the Republican-controlled legislature to shore up what they say are lax laws and enforcement around elections. To let you know, this is not just a Democrat or Republican issue. I mean, it's not just Republicans that want these uh, reforms. Democrats want them too, not Democratic politicians. They're a separate entity. I'm talking about Democrat voters, Democrat citizens. Recent polling suggests that a majority of all Americans support requiring photos, uh, voters, photos, requiring voters uh, to present photo identification before casting their ballots. A survey from the Mammoth Survey Group, uh, reading here from an article in the Times, suggests that 91% of Republicans support some form of voter identification. 87% of independents support some form of voter identification requirement. And even 62% of Democrats support voter identification in one form or another. So when you add that all up, that's an overwhelming majority of the American people supporting voter identification. You have to show your ID to get into a club. You have to show your ID to buy liquor in a store. Why shouldn't you have to show your ID to vote when you're affecting the future of this country? So Tom Wolf is a piece of garbage. And the only thing we can hope is that if he's going to continue to veto bills like this and the legislature cannot find it within their power to come up with a veto-proof majority when voting on these things, they have to hope that they can change um, some of the rules that were put in by the Secretary of State uh, get it a fair uh, and fully assured election process 
in the next election, especially at the state level, get rid of Wolf, vote him out, or vote in more Republicans to the legislature so they can override his veto and right that ship known as the state of Pennsylvania and get it sailing on an even keel again. But we have still more. Isn't it funny, though, while all of this is going on, while different states are struggling to get through their voter audits and prove that there was voter fraud. We have a little state of a little case of voter fraud right here in New York City. In the blue state of New York, the Big Apple is not above the fray. The New York City Board of Elections said that on June 29th, or they said on June 29th, that 135,000 test ballots were accidentally included in a preliminary tally of the votes cast in the city's mayoral primary election, leading to the count being voided and drawing the ire of candidates. This was New York's first attempt at rank-choice voting, descended into confusion after elections uh, board abruptly removed updated vote totals from its website hours after posting them, citing a discrepancy in numbers. We are aware there is a discrepancy in the unofficial uh, rank-choice voting round-by-round elimination report. Later, the board posted another statement saying that uh, inadvertently it had failed to remove sample ballots it had used to test the software. How many sample ballots do you need to test? When the cast vote records were extracted for the first poll of results, it included both test and election uh, election night results, producing approximately 135,000 additional records. Now, when you consider the number of people voting in the city of New York and the number of candidates in the primary, it goes to show you just how close these elections can be because this removal of 135,000 ballots that shouldn't have been there resulted in a shift in what's going on in terms of who's first. The election was held a week ago, and when the preliminary result came out, it showed that former NYBD cop and current Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams Uh, was in the lead by 10 points. Now, that advantage has now appeared to have shrunk to just two points when voters' second, third, fourth, and fifth choices were factored in under this new ranked-choice voting system being used for the first time. Uh, After the votes were released, again, the report has noted about this thing, that it's 135,000 votes, uh, and Adams is now calling the Board of Elections to task, explaining... Uh, asking them how to explain such a massive uh, increase. By the evening of June 29th, the Board of Elections has taken down the vote and replaced it with a note stating that we'll have new results available today. Uh, I didn't check the results yet today. I'll probably comment on that in my next podcast. But since the voided results um, appears to show the race narrowing, with Catherine Garcia, she was the former sanitation chief who ran as a technocrat, moving up uh, to a close second, and Maya Wiley, who was a former MSNBC analyst and civil rights lawyer, falling from second down to third. That's interesting. It's also refreshing, because Maya Wiley, I believe, is the woman who thinks that the cops shouldn't have guns. We're going to send them out there and patrol the city of Scum York like bobbies in London. They'll all be dropping like flies. She originally finished second to Adams on election night, 
and now she's complaining uh, because now she's falling to third. Quote, this error by the Board of Elections is not just failure to count votes properly today. It is the result of generations of failures that have gone unaddressed. Well, no, it's not a result of generations of failures. This is the result of this new ranked choice voting nonsense and this new software and their attempt to check it on election night with 135,000 votes that somebody stupidly forgot to take out. Now, Garcia was the beneficiary of this. She moved up from third to second, but she's still criticizing uh, this nonsense. Now, I mention all this because here you have a state where you have a whole bunch of Democrats. You have a primary going on. These are the people that steal elections. And now all of a sudden, voter fraud, manipulation of numbers appears to have infected this Democrat primary race as well. No Republicans to knock out of the box. This was a Democratic primary. And it appears to have affected them. And these are the same people that want you to believe that there was no fraud throughout the country in last November's election. Uh, This irony was not lost on Donald Trump Jr., the oldest son of the former president, Donald Trump. Uh, And he not surprisingly suggested that these voter discrepancies here in New York are proof positive that there's a need to ask hard questions about election integrity. Quote from Mr. Trump, let me get this straight. You can be off by 135,000 votes in a New York City mayoral primary alone. But if someone loses the White House by less than 45,000 votes across multiple states in a presidential election, you can't have any questions, Trump wrote in a Twitter post. Seems legit if you live in China. And I think that pretty much sums it up. The final results of the mayoral primary aren't expected to be announced until July. So it seems that these Democrats just can't get results out. Why couldn't we get the results out that night? Because they're testing software when they shouldn't be. They're putting in votes that shouldn't be there. And now we have to wait until July to get the final result. We don't know on election night or primary night what the results are. Since when did this happen? And this is a function of voting being conducted on multiple days with mail-in ballots. You have too many votes coming in from too many different sources, and you can't add them all up in a timely fashion, and it's stretched out over a period of time, and this invites fraud. It invites corruption. It invites people stacking ballots. It invites people having ballots in the trunks of their cars. Oh, we need a few more thousand votes in Brooklyn. Let's get them over there. It's just common sense, ladies and gentlemen. It's common sense. You want an election filled with integrity, you vote on one day. People can't make it to the polls because of illness or they're not located in town at the time. They can request an absentee ballot. That has worked for decades upon decades upon decades in this country, and there's absolutely no reason to change it if you want elections characterized by integrity. If you want elections that you can play fast and loose with the rules and change the results after the fact, You definitely want those things. So that's what's going on here in the Big Apple. Now, last on my list for discussion today is Representative uh, Kevin McCarthy. He is the minority whip in the House of Representatives. And he's made the news. Apparently, Steny Hoyer, uh, a Democrat in the House of Representatives, uh, has come up with a resolution requiring the removal of statues of Confederate-era Democrats. McCarthy, he says, supports this resolution. 
Now, this was an article I found in the Times. The leader of the House Republicans, Kevin McCarthy from California, well, what do you expect, said that Tuesday he supports the removal of all of the Confederate statues that are members of the Democratic Party from around the U.S. Capitol. Now, apparently, Representative McCarthy, McCarthy thinks this is a good thing because he thinks he can capitalize on this by saying that he wants to make it clear that all of the statues being removed by this bill, by the authority of this bill, which is H.R. 3005, House Resolution 3005, are statues of Democrats. I say, why do we want to remove Confederate statues of Democrats? Those who do not study history are destined to repeat it. And if you're really concerned about mistakes that we made in this country in the past, or the stain of slavery, it seems that we should have reminders of them. No one wants to see Hitler and the Nazis come back, but we do have a museum about the Holocaust. We do have discussions about the Holocaust so that people never forget the horrendous, horrendous genocide that was visited upon the Jewish people. I think that's a good thing that we remember that, that we don't forget that, so that we don't repeat that. And I think it's a good thing for people to know that Democrats are the ones who created the KKK. The Democrats are the ones that supported slavery. They're the ones that controlled the South. And why do you think these new Democrats today want these statues taken down? They don't want anybody to know that these people are Democrats. If the statues aren't up there, you can't ask who they were and what party they belong to. They want you to forget them. This proposed legislation, which passed the House on Tuesday, seeks to remove the bronze sculptures of those who supported the Confederate Army in the Civil War. I'm reading from the article. It also seeks to replace a bust of former Chief Justice Roger Taney, who authored a key decision in 1857 supporting slavery with one of Thurgood Marshall, the first black Supreme Court justice. Taney had written the majority opinion of the 1857 Dred Scott decision, which stated that black people were not American citizens and that slavery was not prohibited under the U.S. Constitution. The decision was later overturned by the 13th and 14th Amendments to the Constitution in 1862 and 1868, respectively. Quote, What's interesting, says McCarthy, the statues that need to be removed were sent to the Capitol by states that were majority controlled by Democrats, sent to a House that had a majority controlled by Democrats, accepting of these statues. I think the bill should go further, says McCarthy. McCarthy said Democrats passed discriminatory laws, like the Jim Crow laws, that separated and disenfranchised people based on the color of their skin and are still trying to discriminate based on the color of people's skin with critical race theory initiatives throughout U.S. institutions, most specifically our schools. And we're going to be fighting that. He went on to speak to Nancy Pelosi on the floor. Madam Speaker, today the Democratic Party had doubled down on what I consider the shameful history by replacing the racism of the past with the racism of the critical race theory. They continue to look at race as the primary means of judging a person's character. 
I agree with you, Representative McCarthy, but this is precisely why I say you're wrong-headed. Don't you understand what the Democrats are trying to do? They're doing more than just replacing the racism of the past and replacing it with the racism of the future or the present with critical race theory. What they're trying to do is erase their role in the racism of the past. They want people to forget. They want people not to know that there is a history to this country, a history in which the Democratic Party factored very prominently in the role of slavery, the perpetuation of slavery, the formation of the Ku Klux Klan, and the suppression of black Americans throughout the history of this country. It is the Democratic Party which tried to suppress blacks in the South. It is the Democratic Party that refused to support the civil rights legislation of 1964. It was only with Republican votes that that legislation passed. And the Democratic Party today wants you to believe that everything that's wrong with America is the fault of the Republicans, and it's not their fault, and they're fighting for you, and they're fighting for the blacks and the minorities and the Hispanics and any other group they can deem in need of help or can cast as a, in, in the role of, of being suppressed or, or oppressed. When the opposite is true, it was the Republican Party that opposed slavery. The Republican Party was the party of Lincoln. It was the Republican Party that passed the civil rights legislation through the Senate and the Congress. Without Republican votes, it never would have passed, despite the fact that Johnson put it forth in an attempt to appease um, people in the aftermath of the assassinations uh, of, of uh, Jackie Kennedy. Jack was... Um, supposedly planning civil rights uh, legislation before his death. So there's a lot more to this story, and people don't want you to hear it. And it's never going to be taught in our schools, because our school system is nothing more than a communist-controlled organization. It's all uber-leftists, this critical race theory. I had to listen to nonsense with my own son this year being told that George Floyd was, uh, not George Floyd, um, what's it, Michael Brown was some sort of hero, and the evidence now is abundantly clear, having been investigated by state, federal, and local authorities, that Michael Brown never surrendered. Michael Brown never put his hands up. And in point of fact, Michael Brown wasn't running away. He was running towards the police officer. In fact, his DNA, by way of his blood and other tissue samples, was found inside that police cruiser because he was forcing his way into the car, rushing the officer and attempting to rip his gun from him. There's no way that Michael Brown's blood and tissue get inside the vehicle from a gunshot fired in the vehicle if Michael Brown is running away. And that was the opinion with finality of the Justice Department, which at that time was under the aegis of Eric Holder, the first black attorney general we ever had in this country, and that was during the Obama administration. So when you have the local authorities investigating, when you have the state authorities investigating, and when you have the Justice Department investigating, and they all come to the same conclusion that there was no wrongdoing on the part of the officer. You are perpetuating nonsense. You are perpetuating lies. You are creating 
reality, and you are poisoning the minds of young people when you hold these people out as examples or stellar examples of society. And we're seeing the same thing with George Floyd. George Floyd may not have done something so uh, egregious on the day that he died when he passed that counterfeit bill, but a study of George Floyd's life reveals him to be anything but a highly productive member of society. In fact, it reveals him to be a downright piece of garbage. He was convicted of a home invasion type robbery in Texas, during which he held the gun to the stomach of a pregnant woman. That's about as contemptible as you can get, threatening to kill a woman still unborn child in the womb. How callous can you get? Not exactly a sympathetic figure or someone uh, for whom we should have sympathy. Yet all of this is being perpetuated by the Democrat Communist Party of the United States. And here we have Representative McCarthy, who is signing his name to letting them remove evidence of their racist past by taking down these Democrat statues. It's okay to leave the Confederate statues up, maybe of somebody who wasn't a Democrat, somebody who you can cast as a Republican. I mean, why did they take down the statue of of, uh, Ulysses Grant. He was a former president, and he was a anti-slavery person, never owned slaves. In fact, a slave that was gifted to him by his father-in-law, he subsequently issued a writ of manumission to. He didn't have it in his heart to make the man work for him as a slave. And so despite being destitute, despite having been able to sell that slave for a considerable sum of money, he couldn't bring himself to do it. He granted the man his freedom. These are the type of statues. These are the type of people they wish to denigrate. But they want you to remove all evidence of what the Democratic Party has done to African Americans in this country. These are the lies that are being perpetuated. The lie that Joe Biden won legitimately. The lie that a man like Donald Trump, who increased his vote total by almost 20%, 12 million votes, a greatest increase of any incumbent president seeking re-election, and he loses while every other Republican candidate wins? If you want some motion front property in Arizona, we have some for sale here at National Preview Online. For the NPO Podcast, I'm Jamie Dury.